everyone. I'm Carrington Anderson. And I'm Laura Lee Harris. Welcome to the Chamber Beat Podcast. You can listen to this podcast on your favorite platform, so make sure to follow and subscribe to receive notifications when we release our weekly episode. We will inform our members of the inner workings of Capitol Hill with updates on legislation tracked by the Chamber. Also, we will hear from legislators and decision makers who serve to make Tennessee an even better state to live and do business. We apologize for any static in this episode and just thank you for your patience and bearing with us as we figure out our IT issues and we'll have this fixed for next week. Thanks. So before the Super Bowl, I saw a prediction that the score was supposed to be 35 to 38 with the Eagles winning and Mm. it really gave me a lot of hope for Carrington, but... Turns out that was the score, just the other way around, yeah. and I'm so sad for you. Uh, I guess to those of you who thought it was rigged, it wasn't rigged for in the Eagles' favor, so <laughs> I'm just disappointed and sad, but it's how it goes sometimes, and it's just not how you want to see a game end in the Super Bowl, but looking forward to next year. Yeah, Rihanna was good, though, but... <laughs> I guess. <Yep>. We, <laughs> we had, I had a good week this week because um UT took down Bama number one at home so um very excited to see Vols back in action after last week's turn of events of buzzer beater losses so glad the Vols are back yeah and just an update for everyone if you did not get a chance to listen to our last episode we had a great conversation with Commissioner Bryson about Governor Lee's state of the state and the budget proposals We'll have a lot more to talk about that in the coming weeks, so definitely listen to that episode and stay tuned for more information. Yeah, I think that episode can give you a really good look into um, the governor's budget and just what we expect to see this session. But there are a lot of bills and other legislative updates to touch on, so we're going to get straight into it. And Carrington's going to share with you a bill that um, is certainly of concern to business and our membership. Right. That's House Bill 1158 by Representative Chris Todd, and as amended, it adds liability for businesses that post signage prohibiting firearms. The proposed legislation provides a penalty for businesses that post firearms, subjecting them to a civil liability. In other words, if a business has signage prohibiting firearms and a person enters the property with a firearm, the business would be liable for claims or damages associated with the firearm. This is a newly established precedent that could subject businesses to additional litigation requirements. And the chamber and business community believe businesses need the right to control their personal property and be able to post any restrictions without liability concerns. And I've heard from a number of you and businesses, well, some businesses have certain materials, hazardous materials on site and are required to prohibit firearms for safety purposes by federal and state occupational health standards. Businesses have always had the right to determine posting policies, and we just believe that this is a government mandate, and um, many of you have noted that the ability to control your private property without government intervention is important, Um, and House Bill 1158 was presented and amended in the House Civil Justice Subcommittee on Tuesday. The bill eventually was rolled to next Tuesday, February, February 24th first to be heard again in the subcommittee and it was just really concerning to us the amendment was dropped on Tuesday and scheduled to be heard later that day and it was just a really quick turnaround and uh, many people didn't get to take a look at the amendment and so we talked to members of the committee and so did um, other businesses and lobbyists um, just asking them to hang on a little bit and roll that one week so we can get a better look but we still have a number of concerns and we'll continue to update you all on that. Yeah, so, Carrington, I think you're going to mention a couple other 
bills that um, are bad for business that are in your focus areas? Yeah, the first one I'll mention is tax bill, and that's Senate Bill 1511 by Senator Lamar and House Bill 747 by Representative Jones. Uh, Both sponsors are Democrats, and this legislation enacts the CEO Pay Disparity Tax Act, which imposes a pay disparity surcharge in the amount of an additional 0.1% to the standard 6.5% excise tax rate on each company whose top executive is paid at least 100 times more than the medium income of the company's employees. We have a number of concerns creating statutes in Tennessee that don't exist in other states. And if this legislation was implemented, it could affect Tennessee's competitiveness. And business does well in Tennessee, and that's because of our lawmakers and because of the low regulatory structure and hard work from our legislature. We just believe that this bill would undermine that work. And we're not expecting this bill to go anywhere, but it still is very concerning, so we're keeping our eye on it. And then the other bill I'll mention is another tax bill, and that's Senate Bill 1516 by Senator Agbari and House Bill 748 by Representative Jones, who both sponsors, again, are Democrats for this legislation. And this um, proposed legislation enacts the Tennessee Tax on Wall Street Act. It imposes a tax equal to 4% on all purchases of financial securities made by Tennessee residents. It exempts purchases made by retirement accounts and savings plans, but we are still opposed to this legislation and believe that the state should allow businesses to run their operations how they see fit uh, for government to just get out of the way. And this legislation would not only impact businesses' bottom line, but would also harm the consumer who owns stock in a company. And again, we're not expecting this legislation to get far. Our um, business advocates and even our business advocates in the legislature are working hard to protect business and we'll keep you updated on this bill. And Laura Lee, I think you have a bill that you want to mention. Yep. I'll mention Senate Bill 685 by Senator Reeves, House Bill 980 by Representative Terry. This bill would restructure the state's solid waste infrastructure and allow for unnecessary and inconsistent confusion when it comes to solid waste processing and disposal. It would allow municipalities that operate a solid waste collection service to create a solid waste authority that may restrict access to its solid waste disposal facilities by excluding waste originating with persons or entities outside the region. An authority may regulate the flow of all municipal solid waste within the county, counties, or municipality constituting the authority. Solid waste infrastructure is extremely important to business because waste has to go somewhere, and we're definitely at a critical point in our state and Um, landfills are reaching capacity and we need to be looking at where else our waste can go that isn't a major cost to business to send it there and we really believe that there needs to be a broader conversation on solid waste infrastructure and that these bills filed um, this year are not really the best foot forward but we need to have a more comprehensive approach and that allows for consistency and predictability and stability for businesses and citizens alike right So we've touched on bad, the ugly. Uh, Tell us about a few good things. Yep. So I do have a good bill to talk about, and that's the governor's Rural Brownfields Investment Act that he announced in the State of the State Address. This legislation will drive investment in Tennessee's smaller rural communities by empowering local governments, development boards, and industry with the resources and incentives needed, needed to investigate, clean up, and redevelop contaminated properties across the state while also taking development pressures off ag and recreational lands. Our state has gone from being the fourth fastest state to lose farmland to the third fastest state, and this will really enhance 
um, economic development while also preserving those beautiful lands, important lands across our state. So really excited about that because brownfields are overlooked and abandoned properties that are impacted by real or perceived environmental contamination and they contribute to blight, community decline, and infrastructure decay. Although they have pre-existing infrastructure and access to utility services that can be easily expanded or updated. Right now, there are 175 known brownfields across 36 counties in Tennessee, and this legislation invests in the, those Tennessee communities by establishing a state-administered brownfield grant program, which is the Brownfield Redevelopment Area Grant Program, the BRAG program, to direct funding for investigation, assessment, and remediation to local governments and other entities. Um, and also, it incentivizes brownfield cleanup in smaller rural communities, specifically those Tier 3 and Tier 4 enhancement counties, by expanding the brownfield franchise and excise tax credit to include both purchase and remediation costs. So previously, um, this franchise and excise tax credit was specific to the purchase of the property, but now it will go to remediation costs equal up to $500,000 of remediation costs. And any unused credit may be carried forward up to 15 years. So we're really excited about this bill at the chamber and think it will be great for our economy and economic development all across the state. And the chamber believes Governor Lee's Rural Brownfields Investment Act will make a historic investment to clean up former industrial sites across Tennessee and prepare them for future economic development. On behalf of the Tennessee Business and Economic Development Community, we commend the governor for prioritizing this important legislation that will help ensure Tennessee remains the number one state for economic growth and business development in the country. And this legislation is headed to finance in both chambers, and um, we're just really excited about it. So yeah. and it'll be a good good step forward for our state. Yeah, excited to see a part of the package and to see more and see how it goes in the legislature. Yep, and um, I think Carrington's going to hit on our annual meeting that's next week. We have a busy week next week with President's Day being off, and although the legislature won't be here, we will, and uh, we'll be preparing Typical. for yeah, we'll be preparing for our annual meeting. Yeah. So, so like Laura Lee said, our annual meeting it kicks off on Tuesday with a luncheon at the DoubleTree Hotel in downtown Nashville. Afternoon programming includes Governor Lee's top aides, Deputy Governor and Commissioner of Transportation Butch Ely, key leaders of the General Assembly, a labor and employment law update, and much more. There will also be a legislative award ceremony to celebrate the successful efforts to enshrine right to work in our state's constitution. And the day concludes with the legislative reception, and really hope that you all can join us there. And Laura Lee, I think this sold out event, we have over 500 people attending. and Yeah, it's really exciting. And we're really excited to celebrate the right to work um, celebration and um, really acknowledge and recognize those leaders that were key players in getting that enshrined into our state's constitution. So yeah, um, we had that'll a, be an exciting time. We had over a million people in Tennessee vote for it, about 70% of the vote. And it's just really exciting when we think that it's great for Tennessee. It's pro-business and is going to help Tennessee lead in years to come. Yep. Very excited about it. Well, with that, we'll have more for you next week.